This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. Today we're talking with Emmanuel Lai. Emmanuel came into our shop at Infinity Spiritual Centre a couple of weeks ago with his, his new book he'd just written called Stand on the Sea and on the Land, which is a, a story about um, an angel whose mission is to come to Earth and help everybody. So here we've got to interview him, and here's his story, how the book evolved. Hi, Manuel. how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So tell us a little bit about, um, about Emmanuel first, you know, what's your sort of history? I mean, you're obviously not from New Zealand. I was born in Italy, 1973, and uh, I was left in an orphanage. I got moved and passed between families and uh, I had a strange life because uh, at a young age, I was about three, I started to develop this uh, thought, this idea that everyone was my family because uh, everywhere I was going, I had a family looking after me. And for me, mom or dad was everyone, mom and dad, like, my best friends was my mom and my dad and obviously I had an adopted family but um, I start to see mom everywhere like a, a figure of mother and I start to see a figure of father the same way and all the kids were my brothers I had uh, I was living in a district a narrow street in, uh, in Rome uh, it was about 200 meter long and when I was uh, going home from school or vice versa. Sometime I had these uh, ladies say to me, Manu, Manuel, Manuele, <laughs> come and eat uh, with us. And my mom said, yeah, go, go with them. So every family in the street knew me, knew my story, knew my things, and uh, I, I was welcome everywhere. It was, <laughs> it was a nice thing to, to grow up with. Obviously as a kid, uh, you end up fighting for, I don't know, the soccer ball is goal, is no goal, and I, <laughs> I came back home sometime bashed up and stuff, but uh, the, the picture was uh, beautiful, really. And um, I grew up and um, I started to be a little bit naughty, really, uh, you know, exploring things, uh, going out of the fields and uh, come back in bad shape and stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, let's say um, 
I had a good childhood beside uh, the suffering because sometimes I had uh, I had to go through some brutal experiences because uh, the government, the the agency that was uh, looking after me uh, in a way, um, told me then I had to go somewhere else, and they just grabbed me from this family and put me somewhere else, and they did it in a very brutal way. I I remember I was full of blood, and uh, yeah. Uh, I had these moments where things weren't going really well and I I cried and yeah I lost my sister I don't know where she is I have no idea mm-hmm. I, um, they separated separate us and I tried to find her later on in my life but uh, they said uh, they don't know me they don't know my file they don't know who I was for them actually I didn't even born I, I, they <laughs> lost all the documents oh. So I had to go back um, to my dad, and he said to me, yeah, we adopted you, but he told me a young age, but he basically told me that they threw all the documents away, they burned it, they're gone. But my mom luckily saved some, and it was actually, this is strange to say in this period, it was my first vaccination as a child. Oh, okay. And I had some of these uh, documents with my old name. My real name is Emanuele Lai, is my new name, Aramu, was my original name. And my family name was changed and all this sort of thing. Anyway, I grew up and I uh, went to school like a regular kid, play soccer, enjoy myself, and basically my mom was Christian, and uh, she sent me to church. I hated it. I wanted to go and play soccer. Uh, I was uh, a total disaster in those classes because uh, I was making a mess of, in the church. And, Mm-hmm. I remember I, I, I used to have a little mice at home, like as a pet, and I put one in my pocket, and I went to the priest, and uh, and I said to him, hey, look what I got. He got terrified, he couldn't stand mice, and he said, get away from me with this thing. And he didn't know, he told my mom, and eventually I got, uh, yeah, I got bashed. <laughs> anyway... Um, Slowly went to school, do what, what a kid does, you know, like uh, uh, learning things. And I start to have um, moments in this uh, childhood where I felt like someone was talking to me from the sun. I remember this uh, seeing me turning towards the sun and having this message. I said, okay. I didn't make nothing about it, just stick in my memory. And... Um, yeah, finished the schools, the basic school, and then I went to become a telecommunication technician, start to work with my dad, uh, went in the army, uh, did some um, one-year compulsory army service. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, because I grew up in this uh, rough environment, um, basically I, I learned what drugs are. And I had a lot of friends... Uh, before me pa- pass away and uh, with heroin I never went to the level because uh, my mom warned me about it you know don't take lollies from no one mm-hmm. and I was very good at it but it's very hard to come out of the mud clean mm-hmm. and I tried some drugs as like 18 19 but I always play sports did all sort of sports and things and I, I had this not conflict, but this 
choice to make because one doesn't agree with the other. Mm. And I was so happy doing my sports that I kicked it and I quit drugs. Um, I kind of, after the army service, um, I got fascinated with the martial arts and I started to study martial arts and yoga. And I found um, a master. He was very unusual. He was talking very strangely, like uh, a Taoist. No, Taoist, I don't even know. Like uh, he was talking with uh, phrases that didn't add to my mind. I had no idea. Like you need to win before you fight. Okay. <laughs> sure, I asked him, how am I going to do this? Because <laughs> if I don't fight, I can't win. Mm. But that's not what he, want, you know, he mm. meant. Anyway, I spent seven years there and I was a very good student. And um, one day he, he said this thing, when the tiger is ready, the calf of the tiger is ready, the mom pushed them away in the forest and they can hunt themselves. Mm. I don't know, they stuck with me in this thing and um, I basically start to surf to another friend. I had no idea how it works, I had no idea what surf was, I barely know how to swim. I jumped in the water like it was mar marvelous mm. and I started to apply the concept of martial arts into the surf technique and uh, philosophies and every aspect I could transmute into this new art form I was very good at it I became a national champ uh, best athlete in Italy for uh, that was 2003 I went to the world uh, titles in Africa but there was something that uh, didn't agree with me I don't like to compete it's just something that I don't I don't want to it's weird I, I improved because you have to push yourself but there was something that was going further for me so I start to develop these um, techniques in the surf which are minimizing the effort and try to follow the wave as without imposing my will on it. Mm. The flow slowly allow me to feel things in a different way and start to become so meditative, so linked to a prayer, to a moment of thanksgiving and really bonding me with, with the ocean. I always have a diary with me, and now I have probably five or six. Um, I write stuff on it. Each diary is about 365 pages. And I note on this diary everything. Everything happened to me on the surf, how it works, what condition, what waves, uh, what size, uh, water temperature, wind, anything, even your friends, you know. Mm. Sometimes you meet new creatures, dolphins, turtles, sharks, whales, you name it. Mm. And my master back in the martial arts told me that I need to simplify things, make it simple, and not use many techniques to achieve the goal of understanding yourself. Sure, I did. And uh, one day, after surf, I went back to my little, my little room near the beach, and things started to happen. I start to feel uh, an energy really coming out of me in a way that uh, <laughs> was pretty intense. Mm. And uh, soon after, 
Mm, I remember uh, my ex-wife came uh, to meet me. It was my girlfriend at the time. And uh, obviously I really liked her. It was probably the, uh, she was beautiful. So uh, I had this sexual excitement, but um, spending some time together the night, I had these thoughts in mind. Must be something behind a sexual pleasure. So what I did, I had this sexual energy and I stopped the expression of it in a sexual way. I start to rise my energy or keep them inside myself. Little I know, I start to talk with uh, about love and what I think about it is and uh, compassion. And uh, <clears throat> that night, our vibration raised up a level where I become a light, a completely bright light. And uh, she couldn't look at me anymore. She put her hand in front of her face because she mm. said, you were too bright. I couldn't even see you anymore. Mm. I had a transfiguration and she saw all the faces coming out of my body. And uh, there was a moment where I reached an enlightenment. And I understood who I was, what I'm here for, and a lot of things about my life and why I grew up like this why I had to go through certain experiences that shaped me. Mm. There is nothing to fear
Landing without heart In compassionate arms And I knew where to be Richard Knox and There Is Nothing to Fear. That's from uh, Soul's Pouring album, one of the, one of the, my American group, the Association of Light and Life. So we'll get back and we'll listen to more from Emmanuel. 
I went uh, after that. I went to Rome uh, the same month um, because uh, I, I I start to have uh, some abilities that I have no idea about. I went to the Vatican and tried to speak with some people, but I had no response. I wrote some letters to churches all over the world of uh, any religion. I did the same with the political parties because I had some revelations. And I actually told them about what's happening right now in the world. I talked to them. I have, a, I have a, um, some writings that I made back then about what's happening now. It was a full prophetic message, uh, but it didn't work. And back to New Zealand, because I noticed that people didn't want to listen and they were too detached, too attached to certain things. I decided to spend some time by myself and with my uh, girlfriend and improve myself to, to try to, to come up with something that it's perfectly... How do you say this? At the level of the people that I'm trying to talk with. Because if you go too high, you cannot talk with the people that has remained the way they are. Mm -hmm. So I slowly learned how to do this in, in a certain way. And uh, writing was a, a good companion of my life. So I start to put things on, uh, on books and I start to get, uh, my first book was a mess, but it was good in the intention. Anyway, I started to write books and slowly I understood that I, there was something that was important for the message I had. I don't channel in the classical way. I got this knowledge. It's been given to me and this is my job here on earth. Uh, it's easy to talk with people like Barry or some other people that have uh, even similar experiences, uh, people that have been on this radio. I'm sure, because I, I can feel that. It's very difficult to talk with people that are detached to the spiritual realm of life. And this is what I'm trying to do, because they actually don't know what's going to happen to them, but I got shown. I, got, I felt it. And that's not pretty. So, on this book of mine, Standing on the Sea and on the Land, I express who I am, what I'm here for, who give me the message and I'll just go through the book for a sec mm. basically my book talks about uh, gay people collecting consciousness consciousness book writers and the presence of being part of an important uh, improvement in society create a society by consciousness and or awareness in a good way or a bad way because there is always a choice you have to make this choice in this era and you have to make a, a good choice otherwise as you can see outside things not going well mm. I also express in this book uh, how we can do with power supply and population the appearance of things and <clears throat> a new kind of energy there's a touch of poetry as well and gambling and fate this, I mean I work in this industry and I study it from, let's say, my perspective. Mm -hmm. Gambling and fate are extremely related. 
and uh, on this book is uh, I think it's one of my favorite chapter there's two really, really like but this one is uh, very down to earth and it also touches religious belief they are connected to gambling in a way that people don't expect and people don't know about it and um, this book is very practical uh, I don't talk about uh, channeling or entities outside earth in a way that uh, is not practical and simple for um, for the general person for the girl that goes outside and is a is a cashier or is a you know is doing shopping or it's just for everyone it's very simple to understand I'm talking about dreams dreaming and how they affect your reality I'm talking about spiritual experiences and religious experiences meditation and connection I talk a little bit about surf and how shaped uh, these kind of things because I, I use surf as a form of prayer mm. and I, I pray as one God is not separated from me mm. and I'm talking about lost civilization twisted history time travel good souls of the past reincarnation I'm talking about um, mafia and cults how they work and how uh, they can be very useful in this era and why they go like that I'm talking about the entity the entity is uh, an entity that is on this planet right now it's been here for aeons mm. and some people don't even know about it I'm talking about channeling and <clears throat> I'm talking about relationships cooperation self-help and people help I'm talking about parenting, anger, I'm talking about microchipping, I'm talking about drugs and side effects, I'm talking about mushrooms, I'm talking about um, radio frequencies, and the list goes on on the chapter 15, which is actually another chapter I really like, it's quite long. Mm. And in this chapter I have a conversation with uh, what I call my dad. <laughs> insane he's a demon right. and he's a it's called good demon in the in his translation basically there's certain things you can only know from a demon no other beings can give you that and in let's say accepting the demon within you allows you to have it as a friend it's not the way because if you push it away you have no hope I'm in this book I'm talking about how to use um, uh, no sorry human sacrifices how they work and how they are implemented in this world right now I'm talking about uh, prophecies I'm talking about uh, magnetic magnetic fields faith God given message and I'm talking about effort connection sacred spirituality sacred sex and I think the end is a, is a choice the conclusion of this book is a choice a choice that humanity have to make and this is a, this is what I'm here for on this book with this book you have a choice to make this book is 1010 on Revelation this is the book of the angel on the scene on the land make your choice because uh, I wrote a specific phrase for a priest 
monks, religious people about this book because it's 20 years I'm going around this planet and uh, I didn't have much success yet and I start to feel uh, this lack of faith it's quite disturbing so it's a choice it's an option and it's very practical it's very down to earth practical I used to be a telecommunication technician in Italy for two and a half years and I had the opportunity to study these things I went to school for it and I learned a lot of stuff in a way that people don't even know so there is a practical things and application an application through your phone an application that can be applied in life where you can vote government decisions and take the burden of decision making from politicians through this application you can do that it's people voting politician executing at this point in time politician are a small group of people that give you an order and you follow it doesn't work like that this burden of decision making can be twisted because politicians are easily corrupted I don't have to, to say who they are it's in front of everyone it's a, a simple thing to understand and as long as they stay like this and you keep it like this they're going to do whatever they like not just with, whatever, with the money they take and think but with you because they can impose on you any decision if you make the decision and they have to execute it that will be the other way around so there is an application and there is a part of this book that can tell you how it works now I'm very happy to give you some free copies if you come at the um, uh, spiritual center here and um, please do because I want you to know these things I don't put a price on your life my book is for free obviously I have to copyright it because uh, people tend to twist things sometimes and I say specifically don't twist my words because you're in for a big trouble I have um, a Kindle file a PDF file oh, yeah. then I can share with uh, anyone I, oh, share, okay. I share with my friends and uh, you do your books and it's okay but uh, oh. it's a file sharing thing and because uh, this, this is a book but it's not just a book this is, your life belongs to it and at the end of the book there is a message a true message that can save your soul I cannot put any price on that so mm -hmm. that's why I would like to give it for free my, my side of the story is that PDF file can be shared but obviously if you want a paperback ask Barry and he will give you some mm -hmm. he, he will sell some <laughs> <laughs>
Isn't that a lovely sentiment? That's Bliss Out of England and uh, Coming to the Light. That's off the 100,000 Angels album. So, um, like Neil Donald Walsh, how did you sort of come to to, to write it, the book? Pain. Lots of pain. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. I had pain since I was a child. I was born with pain. And the doctors, uh, when I was uh, about three and a half, they told my mom to send me to this hospital where they could see if if I was okay. They put uh, they put me on a chair and tied me up with some uh, leather um, tightening thing on my arm and on my legs. They put something on my mouth and they told me to squeeze it. Mm. They put some gel on my hair. At the time, I was kind of blonde with curly hair. I remember the feeling of the gel on my head was cold. And they put connectors on it. They asked my mom to leave, and the color of this room was kind of green-gray. Imagine one of those hospitals in the late 70s, early Mm -hmm. 80s. My mom left, and these two doctors were around me, and I had no idea what they were doing. They gave me this thing to put in the mouth to hold it, and what they did, little I know, they discharged some electricity on my, my brain. Mm-hmm. I really was in extreme pain mm-hmm. for quite a bit of time. Anyway, out of this place, I hugged my mom with all my heart. <laughs> Come back, you know, when I was this high, mm-hmm. and I hugged her to the side of the legs. She knew it, and uh, 
what happened is that I went back home and I still had nightmares, dreams and seizures and all those sort of things. And you know what she did? She'd sit next to me, middle of the night, many nights, when I was feverish and stuff. And she prayed. I remember me standing up straight on the bed, looking at her, and I could feel her pray, easing me down. I could feel it, the love of my mom. I went back to bed, lay down, looking at her, feeding out of this love. And I understood at that age, that was, that was what, you know, that's love, that's what it is. Anyway, to your question, um, I got stoned when I was a kid, and I, it's on the book actually, and this kid couldn't catch me. I mean, the stone didn't touch me. One of the kids got shocked, and he's a friend of mine still today, and he asked me, how did you do that? Mm. I had done anything. It just, the stone just didn't touch me. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I was just... Uh, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was trying to do my shoelaces, and I was thinking about how much my mom loved me while I was doing these shoelaces because I had new shoes, and she got it for me. And they start to stone me right there. One guy, one kid, kicked the ball on me. I didn't feel anything. He was two meters from me. The ball went 100 meters away. But I had this relationship with people. They were very aggressive with me most of the time, especially at the beginning. And growing with this pain, I don't know what to do with it. It's, it was in my soul right from the start there's other experiences and things but what I did is um, I faced not knowing as a child what to do I express it and I start to be violent I bash other kids as they bash me and I start to develop a taste for it mm. okay I can I can hit too good now I'm gonna hit you if you touch me mm. and then slowly I grew up and I um, I understood these things when I was playing soccer. I always had a, I liked a fair game. And I don't like to kick for the sake of it. You know, I didn't hurt people. And I started to like this thing. It was more honorable. Mm. And then slowly, when I went through martial arts, I started to, let's say this, channel this anger within. And I use it as an energy source. Because that's what you don't want to happen. The energy is a fuel for me. Mm. So I collect it, I transform it, and I use it for the good things. And that's why I write things. Because this energy otherwise will kill you. Sometimes people don't know how to keep it, to understand it, and they hurt other people, even at say, 20 or 30 or 40 years old. Some people eat their wife or their kids. Mm. That the anger, the loss of control of the anger is actually something you have to understand. There's a lot of anger in this world. If it's expressed, it's going to be a mess. It's a war. You need to collect it within and do something positive with it. Because it's not something you have to refuse. If you refuse it, sooner or later it comes out worse than before. So... Did, did I answer you? Why not a little bit?
gently done to our mother the earth she's sad seeking shelter from the winds of progress tearing her hair shredding her clothes leaving her naked bare skin and bones how will she feed us in this sorry state no milk at the breast no meat on our plate what have we done to our children ourselves given in to the lie of selfishness and greed pity the poor cynic with no way to relate a slave to all his possessions and his greed and it's time for from um, Souls Pouring that's time Lily Fraser one of her songs she wrote Time for a Healing we're all one family of the human race so how did you um, how did you actually sort of physically sit down and, and start just writing the book or has it come out of the diaries okay 
I think it was a very um, stepped road mm -hmm. because I started to write when I was a kid. Uh, school, like mm -hmm. the, my, my diary, not an important diary in some ways because I was only was writing little things. You know, I like this girl, or <laughs> mm -hmm. I put a picture of a soccer player, or I write uh, my team, you know, on it. The little things. I start right. to develop a test for it. And then uh, writing went all the way through my soccer days because uh, I was playing with a local team and I write the game, what happened. Uh, it was me. It's just natural for me to write. Mm -hmm. Then obviously in my teenage years I didn't write much. It was the only experience, enjoy, whatever it was. I came back when I started to do martial arts because my master was telling me so much stuff and I need to keep track of it. For me it was important, I could feel it. So I started to write again and write very, very well, like details. If I write a page and I make one mistake, I throw the whole page away and I write it again until I don't make any mistake. That was me. Hmm. And also I tried, I moved that into the surfing and I was writing my technique and everything and I start to have these um, phrases popping up and write a little phrase here, a little phrase there and then uh, during my work because I, I was working like everyone else at the supermarket I had a little book note on my pocket I had an idea I come up with a pen I write it down quickly put it in my pocket go back to work otherwise I had so many ideas even when I'm working, it's like, okay, where I can't lose it. Otherwise, you know, I have another one and another one and another one, and I may lose it. And I start to have these diaries full of knowledge, understanding. What am I doing with it? I have no idea. What happened is, uh, this is a beautiful question you asked me, actually, because I had a divorce, very brutal. <laughs> it was nasty. Um, what happened is, this part of me, as my woman, got pulled apart from me, and I, I was in pain. I didn't like the feeling. And as, yes, as I told you, pain has a value for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I used this pain to write. And I sit down and I write the book in one night. Oh. 5 a.m. I finished to write, it was about 120 pages. I had no idea how that happened. Because I was writing, crying, and be happy at the same time. And I had this beautiful light around, and I wrote. I was writing in a place where I had maggots from the roof, falling from the roof. There was a dead mice up there. Broken window, middle of New Zealand winter, straight into it. And I had a mattress with a little blanket, no sheets. Yeah. Nothing could touch me, man. I'm telling you, it was all in one go, done. Then I translated, then I published it in Italy. It didn't work, but it didn't matter. I start to understand and develop this writing ability. This energy has to go there. This anger cannot stay within because I don't recognize it as something that I want to do. I wanted to transform this thing, smooth it out, go in a nice way. And then that's how I start to write this book. It happened uh, in Australia, started this one, the latest, and um, I think I lost a job at the time 
for uh, over a um, conflict of interest, but it was okay. So I start to write. Naturally, I I have this uh, write, write, write. One day I write a page, two page, all night for the whole month, mm. and um, the most important thing for this book, the st stimulation for it, was people. People around me, people in any aspect of society, that's what stimulates me. I, I work with people all the time. I hear them, I know what the problem they have, I know what they're going through, they have problems with kids, wife, uh, work, anything. And that for me is a source of inspiration. Come to me, answer these questions as if it was matter of life and death. And the expression for this book is people, is you, on the other side of this microphone. I have the desire for you to hear this because I wrote it for you, whoever you are. It doesn't matter to me. It never did. I never did anything for personal gain. I, it doesn't work for me. Anyway, that's how I started to write. People inspire me. And that, that's what it is. And with a lot of difficulties, I see a lot of solutions. For me, they are related. That's why I say this book is very practical, because it's written from the people, from their society. I'm not some kind of alienated rich guy that have easy life. I live with people. And probably I live all the struggle that people can live in many ways. That this spectrum of life experiences. I've done 30 jobs, more or less. I work in many countries, other countries. I've been manager, I've been a, a toilet cleaner. I've done so much. It's a life experience, it's people. And that's why I think it's uh, something that inspired me to write. Thank you.
It's My Life. That's um, from an Andrian Fusion album done on panpipes. Let's say these optional orders are instruction for humanity in order to move forward because religion and politics, the way they are, cannot bring humanity forward. So these optional orders are for people to read and implement if they want to. But there is one order in particular that belongs to the Christian and Muslim. And the order is about... Let me just read a little bit. Actually, I don't need to. I know it. It's about getting Muslim and Christian together. And the order goes like this. To grab a, I have to grab a cross from the Vatican City and a Bible go to Medina, put it in the place where the sacred stones and the Quran are, and grab the Quran and the sacred stones from Islam back in the Vatican City. Swap them around. That's a message for the churches, these two religions groups. And um, if they wanted to do it, it's up to them. And there will be a new alliances with God for them to show that they're actually still there. Mm. There is other optional orders uh, related to other activities, very simple, but they have to be implemented in the, say, the other side of the hemisphere first, because uh, that's where most trouble are. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we're a bit isolated in New Zealand <clears throat> from from a lot of it. Yeah, I think New Zealand is uh, purposely put in this place for this reason mm. because uh, yeah, the isolation can create this kind of thing. You know, you just yeah. can isolate and do things, and you can isolate and be separate from whatever trouble is. Uh, I think, unfortunately, certain things like. Uh, economy and politics and unfortunately even the virus here it just haven't stopped it yet mm. it will but people need to get together you need to get together start to talk about things and people then tell you you are 
conspiracy theorist or this and that. No, this is just people getting together, talking about stuff, learn about each other's experiences. And uh, if there is something to say, you need to have the ability to say to your government at this present moment, you do not have this. Mm. You need to have this ability. And through this application I was telling you before, this is possible because you will tell what what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on this book I talk about the Mark of the Beast in a way that uh, has never been told before this way because no one knows it. I may give you a brief. Huh? Mm. Okay, the mark of the beast is a chip that will be implemented in your body if you allow them to do so. And what it does, because it has um, the ability to heal in some ways, some uh, uh, problem that the body has, like um, diabetes or stuff like that. Basically, though, this chip can change your behavior, the body, your body behavior, and the structure, the way it works. That will uh, numb your nadis and chakras, and that will make a human being not able to connect with his four centers within and be able to <clears throat> reach a higher state of uh, consciousness. Blocking human beings to reach a higher state of consciousness is very dangerous because masters they want to reincarnate will not have the ability to go back to the source where they're from. So blocking this development of humanity will cause a blockage in the entire universe. It's not allowed. And that is why in the Bible you read that you will be punished for that. Mm -hmm. If masters will not be able to reincarnate because they will be blocked by this chip that influenced the body, humanity will have no masters coming. In Nostradamus' prophecies, it's a very clear message. It's probably one of the few clear messages. Now, that's the real goal of the microchip, which is the mark of the beast. The financial aspect is only a superficial thing that you can see because obviously they can control your finances with it and your health your and so on and so forth. But the real reason is to block humanity's spiritual development. Okay? This chip will stop you to become, to have the ability to connect with yourself within. Okay? And that's the reason why you're going to get punished if you get it. Because you will block mm. the universe to flow. It cannot happen. <laughs> you know that, right? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs and all that sort of stuff that. that changes your mindset absolutely you know. absolutely yeah. drugs can do the same thing but <clears throat> the microchip will be a permanent yeah, yeah. thing and will be also <clears throat> connected with the entity which is sensitive to uh, magnetic fields mm -hmm. she recognized the human body because she's been on this planet for a long time and she knows how it works she can influence a person through this microchip constantly day and night and that connection, that separation from <clears throat> the spiritual realm where you actually originally from will stop humanity and beings that wants to reincarnate in this reality to flow. Mm -hmm. 
<coughs> controlling humankind <coughs> is the main goal, stopping it from growing. This evil realm, if you want to call it, doesn't like human beings because we are the link between the heavens and you want to call it hell or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. So we have been put in between. We are dwell in this world. We need to make a choice. And that's the choice of one, the choice of you making the choice. Don't feel you are isolated or you're talking about some kind of strange stuff because you're not alone. Mm. There's more of us than what you can possibly think. And we probably know a lot more than what you know. So just come and meet us. Maybe we can talk. You know, I never have anyone to have a chat. I don't try to convince anyone. That's why the book is here. That's why you can make your mind. I'm not here to save anyone. I'm here to give you a choice. And it goes through this book, and it's up to you. We absorbed and implemented in digital application, and therefore in the microchip under the skin. You may understand, but I don't think you'll be able to go back. This is referred to the people I was trying to reach for the last 20 years, and they haven't listened. And all of this happened, I told them these things 20 years ago. Now, at this point in time, can they still say the nasty thing that they said to me back then? Because um, the cashless society can be implemented in mainly two ways. There is other ways, but mainly two. One is war, yeah. and the other one is the transmission of this virus, the evolution of this virus, or, or other things of this kind, where money will be the physical tool to transmit this kind of diseases and things. Mm. Make money the tool will implement, the money will have to disappear, creating a cashless society through FPOS machine and um, cards, and slowly they're going to reduce it to a pass and slowly to a microchip. Mm. You can't lose it, obviously, it's in your skin. So that's, that's the, the real problem. Then all of this will lead to a cashless society. It's, it's the goal of these elite people, they, let's call it elite, but they are demons, end of story. Uh, demon is a being that knows that is doing won't help the other person, if you want, but um, it does it purposely because he can absorb his energy, it feeds on other beings' energy, mm. okay? This is what's happening. And the cashless society is um, the cashless society is simply the way they're going to implement the mark, and from the moment, people won't be able to buy and sell goods, obviously. But the real goal is to keep people at a level of spiritual awareness. Then it's low, mm. blocking masters to be reincarnated and teach human humankind. That's the real goal. Because a soul has an enormous amount of energy, and that's what they feed on. Money is just a little tool. It's not, it's not. It's what you see maybe in the appearance, but it's not the real goal of it. Dom dominion over another soul, energy, pure energy. I'll okay. just read the extract from the book. So, blocking the development of human beings 
permanently also means blocking in development of the terrestrial and non-terrestrial races that are connected to the planet Earth and are on the path to the Creator. This is not allowed because it's like jamming a controlling a mechanism of evolution shared by all free creatures. You can't block evolution. You can't block this. And I'm not here to save you. I want to say again, this is a choice you have to make as humanity. I hope they say of me I hope they say of me, yes, he was an honest man. For I have tried to seek the truth and speak the truth. I have found, I just hope that's what they say when they lay. I hope they say of me He was a friend of mine And I hope they say of me You know he loved her a long, long time For I have tried to give my heart I just hope that's what they say when they lay me in my grave. They say of me, now he's in a better place. I hope they say of me, I believe he's in a better place. For I have tried in my own way to be true to my faith. I just hope that's what they say when they turn and walk away.
Dan Tyler, another guy I met at the Association of Light and Life Conferences in America. He wrote those songs, of course, um, and he's also written some well-known songs throughout the world. He actually gave me that album. Brilliant. Now, Emmanuel was talking about the chip. Um, this is a real interesting concept. As more people get vaccinated and become impregnated with the the genes of the COVID, the idea is that it will transfer from your hands to the money. And so eventually we'll have to get rid of the money because it will be transferring a disease. Then we will need to go to plastic cards, which we're doing already. And then the, the ultimate thing is to have a, a microchip embedded in your hand which is done overseas now it's 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 reasonably common across europe and scandinavia um where it controls all your money you can go into nightclubs do all sorts of things and this is what he was talking about where it controls your mind which is what we need to stop so that we can continue to to evolve and go back to our our source the question is, are we seeing the start of it now with um, COVID passports and so on? Be like back in Nazi Germany in the war when you had to have an Ausweis before you could go anywhere. Apparently you still you need one now to get out of the Auckland ghetto. If you read the conclusions of my book, it's only like four pages. On these four pages you understand everything if you are connected to these kind of things. Reading a book Reading this book is very easy. It's a light book, and can, a child can read it, mm. really. The last four pages are the conclusions and explains a lot of things. I would like to say one thing about um, religions that don't believe in reincarnation. So just to be clear, because uh, obviously Buddhists believe one thing, Christians believe another thing. Mm. <laughs> so I'll just read this little bit. <clears throat> Take two USB stick, one of 64 mega and another one of 60 mega. If the data entered over a lifetime in the 64 mega key, computer key, it's a human being. Uh, so if in this life you only gain eight megabyte, and that's your understanding, it's meaning you're living like an animal, but you have a human form. Well, in that case, when you die, your information would be passed on the upper level, spiritual level, and then you reincarnate on a, a creature that belongs to 8 megabyte, which is what you reached. On the contrary, if an animal has reached his uh, goal in his life as an animal form, you will give him the opportunity to become a human being. But this is if you believe in reincarnation. Now, some of the beings then are coming on this planet, they're born only once. Let's say you, you reach your full potential. You're born once, you go back where you're from. There is no reincarnation for you, that's living once. There's no reincarnation for you, that's all it is. So two religions, ten religions, they believe ten different things. They are all right. They just have a different piece of the puzzle and making this a fixation and not a uniting thing can cause what religions are all divided all arguing with each other 
They are all part of the truth. If they don't get together with the truth, they will fall with the lies. It's about getting together and understand that we are all one. If you are not one, you're going to get marked if you don't believe in being one. But one humanity. Mm. I believe that many people will think this is fantasies. This guy is out of his mind. Mm. Sure, not a problem. But watch the world you live in. Every word, everything. Go and have a look yourself. That's scientifically proved. Look at yourself. Open your eyes. See, you can turn the TV off and go and play the PlayStation because you think the TV is full of crap. Turn the TV off. Turn the PlayStation off. Open your eyes and look at the world, the way it is, the way it's going. Mm. Okay, you want to live your life or you want to live some kind of sub-life? Mm. What you want to be? Maybe you don't like to make an effort on it, but be careful because, you know, sooner or later, as you can see in the society, things are coming. Things are coming to an end. Mm. And this is the moment to make your decision. Do you want to look at the the, the way the book's written? No, so Yeah, why or, not? you know, are you the angel? <laughs> or, you know. I am, I certainly am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, so. ten revelation. Don't make mistakes. Mm. See, on that prophecy, there is a saying. People will not listen. Sure. But one will listen. Mm. There, there is also that saying. And even if I'm here for that one, it's okay for me. But I'm honestly here for every one of you. There's no, there's no other way. You are in big trouble in this world. You have no idea. And you don't know the way out to get out of it. You just can't do it. These forces are way stronger than, than, than you. First thing, we need to get together. We need to talk, and I would like to send this message straight forward to the people that have come to this spiritual center. I would like to meet you, all of you. Uh, if you want to leave my number here, you can contact me anytime. All the people that the channeling, all the people that had their own experience, please contact me because it's important. For all the other people, then general people um, in this era it's not that you don't understand what's happening or you don't know awake you are well awake you know well what's happening you're just not together you have no way of unifying yourself and who's against you is very united it's one thing and when you're united you win now it's not going to be easy definitely not but there is a solution and it's practical it's difficult maybe I don't know we'll see but it's practical and is something that you can decide that people can decide it's not about leadership in the sense that you have a leader he guards you no it doesn't work like that absolutely not mm -hmm. this application I was talking to you about before where you can vote and the politician execute your order that's most of it, but it's not just that. I want to say something about the end of this book, just because it's important for people. You know that uh, at the end of Revelation, as I say, if you've written on the Book of Life, 
you'll be saved. Sure. Well, if they want to mark you, at the end of this book there is a solution. It's written. You need to put your name on it. Put your name on it. And if they want to mark you, you tell them. My name is written on the book of life. I am... I think I've said a lot of things in a short time because yeah, yeah. I, I got these things and um, I was prepared to say what I have to say. It's interesting how over the years so many people come into Infinity Spiritual Center with questions, looking for answers or help. Now here's Emmanuel who's obviously 
on a, on a special journey in this this time frame, um, and he's found his way to come and help humanity. All things are connected. Now, as he said, um, if you want a copy of the book, you can come in. We've got them available for sale in the shop. Infinity, 550 Anglesey Street. Or we can get you in touch with Emmanuel and um, you can download a, a free PDF and have a read at your own leisure. I'm Barry. It's been a voice within. Kakite. Shalom, Arrivederci in this case. Masalam, may your God go with you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.